Well, welcome again to Crossroads 98 Podcast, and I am so grateful to have Scott Sims here with me today. Thanks for being here with me, brother. Good to see you. Pleasure to be back, man. Yeah, great. It's great. And uh, you did a fantastic job in the last uh, two messages that you brought to us from Isaiah. And uh, and exactly, that's exactly what we're going to be talking about and uh, uh, kind of shedding some more light on it today. So, folks, uh, gear up uh, as you get ready. And uh, we're going to pray with you and um, get ready to to hear what God has in store for your lives personally as he begins to speak uh, through this podcast and as you get a chance to listen to the message again, maybe if you're listening to a repeat uh, or if you listen to it for the first time on uh, Crossroads98.com, we'll have that um, sermon out there for you. But for right now, why don't we get started with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the love that you have shed upon our lives, the mercy that's new every day, the grace that abounds. For Father, as we speak about this subject and the different parts of this subject of the worship and the awe of you, we find ourselves in so many different places at so many different times, but that that awe brings us to a an understanding of how great marvelous, holy that you are. So Father, I pray that as we talk today, your Holy Spirit will uh, surround this room and that our lips will speak of truth in, uh, about the lives uh, that each of us live and how we can be better and how can we can, how we can listen uh, from our heart to yours as you draw us closer. Thank you, Father, for meeting us here today, and I pray that you bless this podcast. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, brother, um, I'll, I'll see if I can do the, uh, the title. I'm pretty sure I remember it. Worship is knowing, is woeing, mm-hmm. is going. That's so it. why don't you, um, now last week, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to Eddie and I kind of capsulate it or not, and I don't know necessarily... We did a decent, decent job, but I'm glad you're here because God has given you the text and 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 um, you brought the message. Why don't you give us a synopsis, a little bit of a nutshell, if you would? Yeah, this uh, this message really is an attempt to address what I think. Sometimes, if we aren't careful, we we define worship as what we do in a set time frame. Mm-hmm. On a set morning right. a week, you you lead worship mm-hmm. uh, with music. Right. I give them an opportunity to worship through the word, and then we disconnect and we go home. Mm. But worship is really a, a, an outgrowth of our relationship with God that is so multifaceted, and it's it's our awareness of His presence. It, his work in us, our response to that work that, that's going on seven days a week, 24 hours a day, no matter where we are. Um, there are some dynamics of corporate coming together that that we can't necessarily do ourselves, which is right. why it's so valuable to have that scheduled yep. and to be a part of that. 
But, but this message really flows out of that, and we see here an encounter between one of God's chosen servants, Isaiah, at a critical point of time in his life, in the history of his nation, when there was all kinds of uncertainty with the passing of a long-tenured king, and God showed up to reassure Isaiah, you yeah. know, that he hadn't forgotten him, hadn't lost track of him, that mm -hmm. the throne was still his, no matter what it might appear, Assyria is rattling their sabers. They'd already come in and put a bit of a beat down on Israel to the north. Right. Um, and Adonai just gives Isaiah assurance, I got this, man. It's going to be okay. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And then, and then Isaiah's response, you know, I, I think we can be very guilty today of being too relaxed and comfortable and chummy with God and I mm. I get the concept that Jesus saying to his servant or to his apostles I don't call you servants anymore if you obey me you're my friends mm -hmm. and that's very true and real but he's still on the throne that's right all powerful that's right sovereign of all things and Isaiah bears that out when his response to this glimpse of the holiness of God is woe is me you know and i know that that's a phrase that that we don't we don't incorporate into our language these days but we get the idea of it's man i'm in, i'm in big trouble here yeah because i'm not like this guy right. i don't measure up yeah he i agree with the seraphim he, he what he is i'm not mm. you know and it's not just me everybody i know is in the same mess mm. And then he was courageous enough to, to be very transparent. He talked about his unclean lips, which is just a just the just the outflow of the heart. Right. You know, um, we can get away with controlling the tongue for a while, but eventually the tongue is going to betray the reality of the heart. That's exactly right. We can mask it for a while, mm -hmm. but right given set of circumstances, pressures, tensions frustrations whatever and all of a sudden the heart's going to come rolling off the tongue right and and that's what i think isaiah is very painfully aware of is you know my lips betray my heart and it's not clean it's not pretty and everybody i know is in the same situation um and then as god never misses a penitent heart he never Isn't misses awesome? one confession is key and, and God saw and heard Isaiah's, knew his heart, and so he, he provided the remedy, mm. the, the burning coal from the very altar that brought, and it's, it's mind-boggling, you know, because in, in the, the, all the law was there, and yet he uses that terminology, your iniquity is taken away, your sin is atoned for. Mm. Yeah. There is present here, not necessarily, unless you want to tie in the notion of the altar. There is no blood sacrifice right, here, right. other than it's pointing, pointing forward to what Jesus was going to provide for yeah. us. Um, but how those words, how Isaiah must have grasped them, and how they must have gotten into that heart, because then when the conversation is overheard and of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Spirit having this conversation about mission opportunity. Man, Isaiah's hands in the air. 
<laughs> he wants to go. Yeah, he can't contain himself. No, no, he can't. And so often today I relate more to Moses. You know, now Moses didn't get all this. All Moses got was sure. a talking bush. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he had all that yeah. stuff he went through, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man, Isaiah didn't. He didn't negotiate. He didn't. He didn't want more information. He didn't want fill in the blanks. God. He just said, "Whatever it is, I'm your man." Mm. And I just huge respect for that. That is. That is a. Then he got the details, and wow, is it going to be tough? Isaiah wasn't driven by comfort or security or control or or the known. It was just a matter of obedience. He. He demonstrated his worship by saying, "God, I'll do whatever you, whatever you have." You know, and and uh, as we think about that in all of the aspects of our life, and wherever God has us, how quickly, and you've mentioned this in your uh, message, the second message, um, how quickly we are to reason it off and to to let those reasons uh, not sound like excuses in our own mind but to sound like true reasons why this is not a good idea yeah and oh that cannot be God speaking to me and um, and yet the father presses in on, on us and um, again you know our response is needed and uh, it's thank I'm thankful that God is patient with us, but then there there can be a time when He just removes that and says, "Okay, I'm I'm going to get this done, and I really wanted you, but your lack of obedience means I need to move on." And whoa, at that point in time, especially when we come back and we realize, as God is, you know, maybe another encounter. And 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 then that woe, am I? I cannot believe I missed that. Mm-hmm. That has happened to multiple people. I know that you've talked to many people. I'm sure. I, I I'm assuming, but I I've, I know that you've probably. Uh, I assume that you've talked to people as you've counseled them, uh, as I have about missed opportunities, in this opportunity of being able to be servants, whether. It's going to other lands, whether it's just moving to another city or staying right where you're at, but moving from a job to job. Going across the street. Exactly. To love a neighbor. (laughs) Exactly. Missing an opportunity, realizing that's missed, but then realizing, okay, this is then where now it has found me. A couple of examples that sort of are the ends of the spectrum. You know, there was a time in the history of Israel when... God wanted to send them into the promised land, mm. send in 12 spies. Okay. Ten spies come back right. uh, scared to death. And in spite of the two spies, Caleb and Joshua, yeah. who did their best right. to prevail, the people were afraid they were going to get rid of their leaders and go back to Egypt. Mm. God intervenes and is going to send them into the wilderness for 40 years to wander until that generation is all gone. Mm. And then the people said, oh, no, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. We'll go, we'll go. And they try to go in without the hand of God upon them, and they get whooped. Yes. And yet then, 
Then there's Peter hmm. yep. in the New Testament where in advance of his denying that he knew Jesus, you know, Peter had just said, I'll die with you, Jesus. Yes, he did. And, and Jesus says to him, Peter, <laughs> before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. That had to sound like foolishness to Peter. Yeah. I think he really believed he was ready to die for Jesus. Now, ultimately, he would. Yes. But not at that moment. No. And, and as it all unfolds, and most everybody will know the story, he indeed denied Jesus three times, denied that he knew him. Mm. And then an interesting thing in the text, if you study back and forth between the Gospels, early, early on in the relationship between Jesus and Peter, when they first in, encountered it said Jesus looked at Peter and said, You are Simon, mm. but you will be Cephas. You will be Petros. You right. will be the rock. The rock. Yeah. Well, it was that there's a special word there for looked at him. Mm. When the cock crowed three times and Peter had denied him three times, it used that very same word. Really? It says Jesus looked at Is Peter. Is that right? I forget if it's Luke. You, you can find it. One of the three. I think it's Luke. But it's the same word. Peter never forgot that look. Mm -hmm. Looked into his soul. What, what Jesus had also already told Peter was, Peter, I've prayed for you. Mm -hmm. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you return, strengthen your brothers. Mm -hmm. Peter got that second chance, yeah. you know. Yeah. He got another chance after the resurrection. After the resurrection, when they were in the north, up around the Sea of Galilee, you remember, Jesus took him aside one on one, right. gave him three opportunities to affirm his love. One, yeah. one to undo each of those denials, and he was back in place. Yeah, what I tell people when they come to me and admit, I've I've missed an opportunity. Mm. I think I'm Israelite children. I'm wandering in the wilderness. I said, well, maybe. I don't know how to interpret your circumstance for sure. Here's what I can tell you. Mm -hmm. Don't miss another one. That's exactly right. <laughs> we can't undo that. Exactly. Just make sure you don't miss another one. The next time he says, who will go? Get your hand in the That's air. Right. You know. That's right. Worship with your obedience here and that. And your maturity and, and allowing God to call upon you again. My goodness sakes, we have this. God is gracious. He is forgiving. He is patient, kind, all of these things. But He is holy, and He has the agenda that He has. Mm -hmm. And He is there's lost uh, individuals out there. The harvest is ripe for the harvest. We are the the or the uh, yes. I'm trying to say the crops or the or the mm -hmm. yes the. And we just need to be obedient. Yeah, we need to understand that God sees down the road and sees things better we, than we can. But he also, I loved your scenario today when you were talking about when you were a teenager and your dad put up the ladder and they were trying to get to this high point and you, and he helped, you know, you helped him kind of get it set by, you know, thinking he's maybe going to go up there, you know, and then he says, all right, son, go on up there. And I love the fact that you put, um, I didn't hesitate, at least I don't remember hesitating, 
and I went up there because I trusted him. I, my relationship told me with my own father that it was okay. I could trust him to hold very secure that ladder. And if he was going to, if I were to happen to go down, he was willing, I'm sure, to go after me and to that trust factor. Yeah. One of the things we can do with God, he has a huge trust factor. He's forever faithful. We go through the scriptures, even in our own lives, even in our circumstances where we have failed him. Mm -hmm. He's always remained faithful. Yeah. It's possible for us, Steve, and for folks that join us on the podcast, to have false narratives about God. Mm -hmm. There are likely people listening who look back and have experienced situations where they say, where was he? Mm. Sure. Critically important that they don't leave those things unaddressed in oh, their yeah. in their souls. Right. That they get those out. And 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 the church hasn't always been a safe place to talk about that kind no. of thing. No, sadly enough. Um, we it makes us uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so we don't wanna, we we don't know what to, we can't untangle it all. Right. But our God's a big God. And and he he will meet us in the midst of that inaccurate perception of who he is. He will meet us in the midst of that, and he will work with us to to bring clarity to that. Mm-hmm. It can be a long and arduous and sometimes painful task to work through, but it's so terribly important. Yes. I think I think uh, the first message. I shared this A.W. Tozer quote. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Mm. See, we all have narratives about who God is. Right. Tozer's saying that our narratives are the most important thing about us. See, the narrative I had about my dad on that roof had been based of years on years of experience. Right. That's not the first precarious no. position I yeah. have been in right. in his care. Right. And what he had done, he had had plenty of opportunities to build my trust in him. Mm-hmm. So when it came to a situation that was just dumb, <laughs> I, I don't remember hesitating. Right. Right. We got that thing painted and it looked great. And I survived the two before and the scrap wood <laughs> and the wire brush and climbed down from the ladder. Uh-huh. And it served me well looking back on that all these years. Right. But not everybody has that. Mm-hmm. That's you know? true. That's very true. But God will help us confront those false narratives about Him. Mm-hmm. Um, James Brian Smith, I believe is the name, an author, the good and beautiful God. Mm. And that's that's the whole concept of the book is... is how important our view of God is. Mm-hmm. That's where we started uh, last right. week. That's right. I- Isaiah was already a prophet. He'd already been working on God's behalf, but right. God recognized at this moment he needed a little fine-tuning mm-hmm. on his narrative about who God was. And so God graciously provided that for him at that moment at that time. Wow. We're not going to get a carbon copy. It's This was unique and special. But what we do get, 
we get Isaiah's experience here, yeah, right. inspired by the Holy Spirit to encourage us mm-hmm. that God will meet us on His timing and His way at just the right moment to make sure that we're thinking well about Him. Right, right. And and so it's it's not a template that we just lay over our life, but we can extract principles for yeah, our own that's lives. That's exactly right. And and that's what I I love this this text just because it's so rich and. And, and it's unique because it finds us in the different places of our journey. Mm-hmm. I believe that it's it's uh, it's interesting whether we've just now started our journey with Christ, whether we're, we've been in it for a few years, or whether the 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 Lord is working on that sanctification mm-hmm. area where where He's saying, "I'm going to set you apart." And we we you know you almost kind of recognize that a little bit about Isaiah here in that sense because. You know, just like you mentioned, you know, he was a prophet, and he was in the midst of it. You know, and but then to this all-encompassing, you know, the, the fire of God, just consuming it. Just woe is me! Mm-hmm. I am undone. Mm-hmm. I am undone. Whatever. And then to then back it right up behind it and say, now that I've been freed of those burdens of uh, now I've seen it now I've been freed of it it's it my iniquities are gone now I know I cannot sit still I must go yeah it, it's it's uh, wherever it finds us this is a great great scripture yeah to say be willing to listen be willing to to hear his still small voice but then be willing in the knowing Understanding where you're at, repenting of your sin, to then be willing to go where he leads you. Yeah. And, and the, the, the courageous transparency before God of Isaiah, who already a prophet, Uzziah was the first of four kings that he was going to minister mm. through those reigns. Mm-hmm. And, and Uzziah's reign was 52 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Right. And yet here he is still identifying himself as a man of unclean lips. It's that progressive element of our maturity. And I say that not only as a challenge, but as an encouragement. Mm-hmm. God's, not, God's not done with us along the way. He continues. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like early on in our relationship, and that's where this is flowing from. You started, He'll meet us wherever we're at. Early on, as he starts the masterpiece of our lives to reflect Christ, man, it's like he's got the big hammer out, you know, mm-hmm. and just chunks are flying everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just obvious stuff. But as the years go along, it's not that the process has stopped or is complete. It's just it's just fine tuning, right. you know. It's just it's just got the little the little sandpaper out. Yeah. There's just a little part here that doesn't yeah. look much like Jesus. Yeah. And, and from the outer perspective, it's like nobody even knows what's going on. But here's Isaiah, a prophet many years into his ministry. And he says, in light of what God just showed me, this new revelation of who God is, mm. I'm unclean. Mm. I need God oh. to intervene in my life. Right. We must never get over that. No, yeah, you're exactly right. And how easy it is for us. I mean, we get that complacent that complacency and we get the kind of the uh, I'm going through my days here you know and that kind of thing but but that's where he says look stay within 
my word yeah. stay, stay close to me yeah, stay yeah, connected yeah. and and uh, I will continue to remind me of of who I am and who I am in you and yeah. how you can reflect me know me know me yeah. absolutely N- know me and and everything else falls into place mm-hmm. you know uh, and then we come back I think we've probably talked before we, we are a we are a nation and a people of distraction. Oh my! Yeah. You know, and uh, there's always something to give ourselves to, mm-hmm. as opposed to being with Him in the stillness and the quiet, and allowing Him to instruct us, mm-hmm. to reveal Himself to us in new ways, to to do the hard work of uncovering those false narratives of who. Yeah. who he is how we view him yeah. how we think he works yeah. you know as as a as a dad and I know you're a dad too and you know as a dad or as a parent I'll just say it that way as we speak to both sides um, we we need to th- hear this right now we need to hear that again by saying look your children are looking upon you to see how to react and how to understand God. And if we find ourselves running thin, um, throwing out a prayer before a, uh, you know, which is great to remember to pray before you eat, but but that's pretty much all they're hearing and seeing, and they don't ever see the word open, you know, the Bible open, and and. Um, you know, they hear a few complaints like, "Oh my, you know, it." Should we just stay home today from church? I mean, honestly, you know, and it's not, you know, and it hears more of that rather than um, the other side of it, where, where there's a connecting point and that they can glean how to live, mature in that. I mean, it's, it's a continued reminder to me. I've got, I've got Jude, who's nine years old, going to be ten this, uh, this coming up, and. Um, in August, and um, if we're not attentive to the Holy Spirit and and His fine tuning and our even our parenting and the different different uh, personality types uh, of these children that have that that we have, we're gonna miss opportunities. We're gonna miss reflecting Jesus. We're gonna miss reflecting that connection and that relationship. It's going to just look like rules and regulations to them rather than a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and how many people all around us desperately need to see Christ? Yeah, yeah. My goodness. An accurate perception of Him. Mm-hmm. Um, a real life flesh and blood follower of Christ, an apprentice uh, of His. And how many people, you know, in America, honestly don't know one? Yeah, no kidding. Have never experienced one. Yes. Um, and that's on us. And and then, and they'll say, well, yeah, okay, I, I I can see these guys are Christians by their bumper sticker and have the Jesus uh, fish, the fish yeah, on fish. it, or or uh, you know whatever as they fly past me and and rant yeah. of rage of. You know, and I know that we can go into those areas, but folks, I guess as we wrap this up, it's just a reminder how important it is for our consistency 
to not give up. Don't don't hear these words that were like it's too tough. I mean, it you got to work at it. But realize he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. And so therefore the power of God, one it, it's moving we've got to connect with it. Yeah. See the adversary is skilled at this. Mm. He, he turns our relationship with Jesus into, like you said earlier, uh, rules and regulations. Yeah. I have to, mm-hmm. or he's not happy with me. Think about it differently. Think about it when, when there was someone that you really, you really wanted relationship with, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and how you longed for that, how you were drawn to that. Transfer that over to your relationship with God. He's waiting there for you, longing to connect with you. And we have all these misperceptions about what it looks like and how it's supposed to work. Just just get with Him and let Him know that you're with Him because something in you is attracting you to Him and He'll meet you there. Yes. And then it goes from there, mm-hmm. you know. It's not about us trying harder. Yeah. It's about us being available. That's right. To, That's right. To know Him. That's right. And to enjoy Him. And as a result of all that, to be positioned to serve Him. Mm-hmm. Which, wow, what an adventure. It is an adventure. And um, it, it, as, we, as we memorize Scripture in our lives... Those are those, some of those connecting points that remind us. One of the very first scriptures that was placed in my life uh, by my father was Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And, mm. and it goes, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Mm-hmm. You know, we can, we can pull apart and detail it and all that stuff but I guess the great thing about that is first of all again the trust factor in God is that you can trust him so trust the Lord with all your heart yeah lean not to your own understanding you know what we we sometimes want to look out into the future we we think you know if I could okay now as I as I Presume, and as I, as I take the telescope and I look down, the, okay, I've got to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the scriptures. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet mm-hmm. and a light unto my path. Uh, I can guarantee you that the scripture was not written to say, "Thy word is a halogen bulb that will shine five miles down the road. An LED that's going exactly. to make... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, illuminates the... You know, uh, thy word is a lamp, and, and I'm, I envision that as a, an oil lamp. Yeah. You know, honestly, and it gives, what, maybe three feet. You know, what, you know, there might be a bear and uh, ten feet away. Yeah. Thy word is a lamp. Trust me. I will guide you. Yeah. Day that's, at a time, step at a time. Isaiah knew that, and That's he right. was on the path, you know. That's right. The path that uh, God was speaking about there. That's exactly right. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks, Scott, yeah. for for taking the time here today and taking the time on Sunday to bring 
the word and, and to be obedient in in what we desperately needed to hear at Crossroads. And um, each of us can go away um, gleaning something from where the Holy Spirit has brought to you and, and uh, has brought you from uh, the Scripture. So thanks. Yeah, my obedient. pleasure, brother. Can you pray for us? Yeah, let's do that. Hmm. Father, just want to say thanks. Thanks that we will never, on this side of heaven, get to the end of knowing you. There's always more. (laughs) Always more. And you are delighted to make it available to us, the next discovery, the next realization, the next clarification, Father, of who you are and what you're up to around us what you intend for us. Father, I pray for those who are tuning in, that you'll just encourage their hearts, that that you'll just, through your Holy Spirit who lives within them, just, just light their heart up with new desire and new want to, to connect with you, to be available to you. And then, Lord, I know you'll be faithful to meet them. It's not always going to be fireworks and and, 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 and burning seraphim around the throne of Adonai. But, but who knows? Yeah. You'll have something for us. You'll meet us there. And in the process of, process of that, Lord, we'll draw nearer than we have been. And we'll be positioned where you would have us to be. And as a result, available to you. Lord, it is a fantastic notion that we could be used by you in your kingdom. But that's your plan. Yeah. Every single one of us. So you do your thing in us, Lord, and, and we'll do our best to respond to you as you would have us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Scott. Well, brother. We're going to wrap up today, and what a wonderful time it has been. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. I had mentioned something to uh, Eddie that one of these days we're going to have to get all three of us up in here and do a little bit of fun and talking and uh, that'll be a mess. Yeah, that'll be a mess. That's all right. (laughs) I don't even have to have three mics. I can just have this one. It'll pick us all up. It'll be great. But um, again, thanks for joining us, Uh, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you have a great day as you go on out and. Stay obedient to the Father. So uh, until the next time, bye-bye for now.